It's going to be a quarterback run up the middle. At the 10, at the 5, Murray dies for the end zone. And he's in for the touchdown. Got to launch it. He does. Left side, into the end zone, jump ball, and... Oh, my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. Give Johnson up the middle. Gets leveled in the backfield by J.J. Watt. A tackle for a loss for Watt. Do you think we're safe, Tyler? Like, do you think that we can actually start recording now? Because the way that things have gone right now with the Arizona Cardinals, it's breaking news every second. Every second. Yeah. Hold on. Let me let me let me check Twitter real quick. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Well, while you check Twitter, let me intro the podcast. Hello and welcome back in to Cardinals Corner, a podcast brought to you by Arizona Sports. My name is Eric Ruby, 98.7 FM's afternoon contributor. Joining me on the phone as he's had to do since he's been boots on the ground at training camp is the one and only Cardinals reporter for ArizonaSports.com at T Drake for sports. A man so money he goes by his Twitter handle. Tyler Drake, anything new on the on the we're timeline? Good. Are we good? Can we start? We're curr- we currently good right this second. Oh my god! At this point in time, right now, I mean, I wh- think we're okay. Like this isn't even like an us problem. It's like oh, poor Cardinals corner. Like it's everybody, man. Everybody covering this team. Everybody following this team. Everybody just in the NFL. Honestly, it's just. Story after story after story after story. I mean, last podcast we we recorded, we fit it in early in the morning because we wanted to get it done before you had to go cover training camp. And then Kyler Murray gets COVID an hour later. Like, that's just the way that things go. And then obviously there have been a couple other things that have happened since then that we are going to cover. But this team, I mean, this team, man. For all the on-field questions, for all the football problems that they have, they can't stop getting in their own way. No, and it's just it's it's distraction after distraction after distraction. It's just it's it's. I mean, I've talked to multiple. I mean, multiple beat writers up there. Even it's like, all right, what's going to happen today? And then, sure enough, something pops off. So yeah, just unbelievable the off the field issues on top of like what you just said yeah the on the field stuff that everybody's already wondering so uh yeah it's it's just <laughs> it's one of those times and i don't really know it's it's a couple like of t- i even asked a couple people is this the the most you've ever seen news wise for a team in the span of really a week and i got a lot of yeah it is because it's just the amount of what it is and and the magnitude of it. It's just absolutely insane. All right. So we have to list off some of these distractions because, again, we have missed a couple of them since we podcasted. Let's go in reverse chronological order. So let's start with the most recent. Rewind. Arizona Cardinals running backs coach James Saxon is now on leave as he has been accused of two domestic battery charges stemming from alleged incidents in May in Indianapolis. The team's statement on the matter says that, quote, we are aware of the incident and notified the NFL as required. The matter is currently under review uh, with the league policies and after consultation with the league office, James has been placed on paid administrative leave. So here's Cliff confirming that at camp today. Yeah, he's been placed on administrative leave. I know um, we just released a statement on it, and that's 
really what I have on it at this time. Now, obviously, Cliff didn't have a lot on it, but something that a lot of people are asking questions about is when exactly did the Cardinals know about this? Because these alleged incidents occurred on May 7th in Indianapolis. Charges came on May 25th, and there was a question asked at a presser today. Cliff, you know, when did you know about this? And he said, we knew when it happened. Now, Tyler, you were there. Do you think he means... Okay, we knew when that happened in May, or we knew when reports had surfaced about this yesterday. I took it as they knew in May. I did too. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was out of context, but that's how I took it. So, I don't know. This whole situation is just, it's just something that just really can't happen at this time for this team. I mean, and I mean, we're not even getting to the next thing. That's just the latest thing. So, it's just, I don't know. And it's, and it's one of those things where, it's just just not a great look. I'm going to list off a couple more of the facts here just to get people caught up in case they don't know what's going on. You can read up on this over on ArizonaSports.com if you want to get into the nitty-gritty. The charges involve a level 6 felony for assaulting a woman in front of a child younger than 16 years old and domestic battery, according to Marion County Court Records. Uh, It's apparently a physical altercation with a woman in her home in front of her two children. Uh, Allegedly, he pushed her multiple times, including into a garage door. According to a probable cause affidavit, she also alleged that he said, quote, you got your gun. You might as well shoot me now. End quote. All of this, according to ESPN's Josh Weinfuss, who was first with the story. Now, there's not really a lot to say on this. I haven't really spoken to you about this, but I already know we're on the same page because I know you as a person. This is unacceptable. If this is true, again. Again, these are alleged, but if this is true, he should have been gone the moment they known about this, and he should not have been on the field coaching anybody. He should not at any capacity be involved in this organization or the NFL. I know you already agree with that, but to me, I just, I can't believe that. I mean, apparently they knew about this for months, for months. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, we'll have to see what's next, but it's, it's yeah, it's something that can't, can't happen for sure, for sure. It just can't happen in general. I mean, even away from the football field, I mean, it just cannot, this cannot be a thing that happens, like plain and simple. Yeah, it it 100% can't. And it's now in the long list of things that are considered unacceptable behavior for Cardinals because earlier this week, what we thought would be the top story of the week for the Cardinals, wide receiver, newly acquired Marquise Hollywood Brown, pulled over for criminal speeding and taken in on charges. He was going 126 miles per hour in a 65-mile-per-hour speed limit zone. He was going from his home, presumably, to training camp, which you would have to guess he was late for. He has been released. The continuation of his hearings will be in August. He was back with the team uh, after being arrested on criminal speeding charges. But again, Tyler, you can't be doing this thing. And for the second offseason in a row, if people don't don't remember, Zayvon Collins also had a speeding incident last summer. Yeah, yeah, and I even asked Cliff about it. I said, how do you, uh, I mean, with Zayvon and then with, yeah, with Hollywood, what do you, how do you address the team? And it's, I mean, he's straight up said, plain and simple, you've got to just, you got to obey the law. I mean, you can't be, I mean, obviously having a caravan like that, going to their, going to practice. I mean, you just can't not do that, like plain and simple. And, and you've got, I mean, especially, I mean, 705 on the loop 101. How do you, how can you even get up to that? Street? I don't know. I mean, you've got to, you're not going in a straight line at that, in that hour. It's, it's like, ridiculous. I, I, and you cannot, I mean, it's just, luckily no one got hurt. Luckily oh he didn't God. get hurt. Luckily he didn't hurt anybody. I mean, that's 
really what it comes down to. I mean, he got lucky. It especially after and, and and I hate that you even have to draw comparisons to this because there shouldn't even be this situation to talk about. But after Henry Ruggs, after Henry Ruggs killed somebody going insanely fast. Now, there are things in that story that do not relate here to Hollywood. He did not hurt anybody. He was not under the influence of anything. He was just going an irresponsible 120 miles per hour. But the fact that he didn't hurt anybody doesn't take away from how ridiculously stupid this is. And none, nothing, I don't care. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's been late to practice before. I don't know what the reasoning was for going that But the reality is there is no reasoning for that. You cannot do that. One slight mess up, one slight mistake could not only take your life, but it could take somebody else's as well. And that is irresponsible and completely stupid. Now, look, when I and I mean, and here's the other thing. Look at it this way, too. I mean, the Cardinals traded a first round pick for this guy. Yeah, they they basically brought him in to to. I mean, pair him with Kyler. And this is the one of the first things he does. It's just. It's it has people. I mean, for people that were already questioning the trade, there are. They, I mean, it's even more now. So they I, they they've got to overcome a lot. I mean, they're going to have to overcome a lot, a lot, a lot of adversity right now. And Cliff was asked about that today in his presser. Here's Cliff on dealing with the distractions of this off season so far. You look to the leaders in this locker room. You never want to have distractions when you're trying to build a team and build um, camaraderie and and you know be the best version of yourselves, but we've definitely had that. Uh, luckily, we have some great leaders and um, guys who can compartmentalize things and continue to work to get better, but um, you'd like the focus to be on football moving forward, and hopefully that's the case. And Cliff also in a different cut that I'm not going to play, Like he was like, I, I don't want to talk about this every day. Like It seems like every single day I'm up here basically doing damage control or talking about some off-the-field incident, and he said top-down. As an organization, they... They just have to be better, and they do. This this shouldn't yeah, be happening. Yeah. Like this is and not. You can tell on his, and you can tell on the tone of his voice. I mean, you can. You're, he's clearly annoyed with with what's going on, and rightfully so. He deserves to be. I mean, it, it's just not only does he have to feel the questions of what are you going to do with, you know, without Hawkins in the offense, or or what's going on with these with some of the injuries that are popping up. Like now, he's got to talk about off the field stuff that is not even. It, it's not on him. Like. These things aren't on him. He's doing everything he can on his side of the field, and he's still—I mean—and it's still going to fall back on him because it's his player. He's the head coach, exactly. He's basically—I mean, like a press secretary for them at this point. It is just, and you can tell. And I mean, you've got to feel for the guy right now because it's—it's just one thing after another. We all wake up, and it's like, all right, what's today going to bring? It's—it's not just X's, X's and O's right now. It's everything else outside of that before the X's and O's. And that's just for a training camp. That should never be the case. No, like look, man, I've said this so many times and now I'm starting to get sick of myself, but I keep on saying, Hey, Hey, hey it's time to focus on football. Woohoo! You know, no more off season shenanigans, but like that, that just hasn't been the case and not by any of our doing. We're not just bringing it up or bringing up stories out of nowhere or trying to focus on things other than football. If anything, the people who cover this team, the people who watch this team, the fans of this team want nothing more than just football. So yep. let's give them that, Tyler. Look, you have to address that. You can't sweep any of that stuff under the rug. You have to address the Saxon stuff and the Hollywood Brown. But look, there, there is football we need to talk about. There are injuries yeah, like you noted. 100%. And the big one, but, it's... But like, yeah, real quick. But like, no, yeah, go ahead. like you said, it, it's something that it's something that you obviously 
nobody really wants to get into. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's things that need to be addressed, though. They need to be they need to be brought up. We can move past it. Everybody, we like like I mean, we we have to. Everybody has to move past everything. But it's something that has to be talked about, and and some has to be addressed. And and yeah, let's get to football. That's oh, that's yeah. kind of uh, echoing your thoughts, but that's exactly what I'm feeling. Well, now I'm going to echo your thoughts and put one more thing in before we get to football. Look, sometimes in this world, you have to listen to people talk about uncomfortable things, not just at the Cardinals, but in the world, in sports, whatever. Look, those things need to be talked about, okay? These things cannot just be silent and pushed under the rug. Like, domestic battery, that is not something that can just be pushed to the side and focused on football. I don't care how big of a football fan you are. This is the real world. This is real life. So if you're, I don't know, upset at coverage of these things... I would be more upset about the people doing them than the people shining a light on it because you have to shine a light on this. Okay, football, let's get into it. Kyler Murray, he we missed it in our last episode. He's been out basically this entire week after coming down with COVID. Uh, this is Cliff today on when he could see Kyler returning. I'm hoping he'll be around tomorrow. I know he's just tired of being by himself. He's a competitor, so he watched that film and wants to be out there and going against the defense and helping the offense out. So hopefully tomorrow, Tyler, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, let's hope. It, I, I would assume it's day five. Uh, you know, he said he did test yesterday, so and we really, I mean, didn't really get any more from that. But That means he tested uh, positive yesterday. I, I'm, if I'm he didn't get more after that, you'd have to assume I'm that it would be a positive guess. test. Yeah. But, but, I mean, at the same time, tomorrow's day five, test negative, I think he can come back, so... That uh, I mean, that would be great, especially for red and white. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a packed house, from what I heard. So sold out. Yeah, sold out. Sold out with all the free tickets. Reserved. All of the tickets are 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 handed out. I guess I should say. But yeah, so it's gonna be a packed house, and it'd be awesome if you would show up for that because I mean, he hasn't been there all week, and. I think the fans would, uh, they definitely need a little pick-me-up right now. Right, especially after what, the first open practice, uh, Kyler either didn't throw or only, he only threw limited uh, reps because he had some shoulder problems, but you know, maybe this week off was a wrist, blessing wrist in disguise. Problem, wrist, problem. wrist problems, sorry, wrist problems, not shoulder problems. Too many injuries right now at Cardinals camp, which we'll get into, but yes, wrist problems with, you know, hopefully that's something minor, maybe he got that taken care of, hopefully he wasn't, I don't know, playing too many video games and hurting his wrist in the last five days. Um, oh, that was an unnecessary shot, unnecessary shot. Um, but no, I, I mean, Cliff has said he's he's very much been uh, zooming into meetings. He's been watching the film, all of that. He's been as involved somebody can be from home. So, yes, it'd be nice to see him out on the field. But K1 isn't yeah. the only guy who's not out there right now, Tyler. No, no. But, yeah, Kyler definitely is eager to get back. Uh, Cliff said he's going stir crazy. So uh, I would assume that if there is any way he can make it tomorrow, he's going to make it. I think he's, yeah, from what Cliff said, he's feeling better. So, yeah. On the other injury notes, uh, you know, Zach Ertz is dealing with the calf issue. He wasn't practicing again today, but Cliff is not concerned at all about it being a long, long-term long deal. Uh, the other one that's kind of a big deal, though, is Antoine Wesley. Uh, he got shaken up a couple days ago, and he is he had to go undergo an MRI on his hip and groin <sighs> area. And so they're going to uh, take, take about a week or so and evaluate him and then see where he's at. I've got Cliff right here detailing that before we jump into it more. It is, yeah. You get to this point in camp, um, you're going to need some of those bodies. There's always going to be, especially that position, some soft tissues type stuff. Um, With Antoine, we're we're really waiting to see how he responds, and then we'll we'll know um, probably within the next week. 
if um, they'll need to do any sort of procedure or he can rehab and, and get back to us fairly quickly. So groin and hip injury, undergoes an MRI, going to need about a week to really figure out what's going on. But from the sounds yeah, of it, Tyler, <sighs> doesn't sound good. No, no. And that's, and that's, a, that's a tough one for the, for, for the Cardinals right now because, you know, Wesley really is in the running to get a lot of the, those reps that DeAndre Hopkins is kind of giving, uh, giving away for being suspended those first six games. So that is definitely an injury to watch for sure because if they lose him, if God forbid they lose him right now, but it doesn't sound like it's a huge, huge injury. But if he does have to miss some time, that's going to that's gonna put that wide receiver room pretty thin just because of his ability. And I think – with getting eight men, they just signed eight men. I think that's going to help a little bit. He's a pretty tall dude too, so uh, I think that's kind of their insurance policy or policy right now. But yeah, that is definitely something to watch. And he's been really solid this camp. I mean, just really, really aggressive. You know, can tell he's taking a step. So, uh, you know, losing him for any amount of time would be pretty hard for this team right now. And then, uh, you know, next we've got cornerback uh, Marco Wilson. He's dealing with a groin issue. Uh, we didn't really get much more out of that, though, and he didn't practice again today, so that'll be something to watch for sure. Oh, we'll get to Marco Wilson. <laughs> oh, you bet your buttons yeah. we're going to get to Marco Wilson. Oh, yeah, we will get to Marco Wilson for sure. And then this one, this one's starting to uh, starting to, to you know pique my interest a little bit, is Trey McBride missed another day of practice that Cliff said is a rest day, but he's still he, – Cliff said yesterday that he was dealing with a sore back. So that's kind of a kind of one to watch too. And and the reasoning is they just want to be it's more of a precaution. They want him to be ready for preseason so he can be underneath the lights and get that full NFL experience in the first game. But it's still something to watch just from the amount of that guy that that guy was practicing like a fool. So I just yeah, it's that's it's pretty I mean it's that time of year. It's it's this time it of year. True. Exactly. It's, yep. Just Cliff said it, you know, like these these things come with this time of year. They didn't have a game this week, so it's just consecutive days of practice, 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 practice. But, you know, there were a lot of vet days. Um, it was funny, you know, you mentioned that Cliff said there's no reason to really worry about Ertz. You know, when he was asked that, he basically just said, no, no. Which, you know, that's a classic <laughs> Cliff answer. I'd like a little bit more details, but he doesn't seem worried about it. No reason to worry about it. But this Antoine Wesley stuff, man, I mean, I've seen some people talk about Antoine as maybe a bubble player for this team or somebody who would have to establish their spot on this roster. I didn't really view him as that coming into the season. I mean, maybe like Greg Dortch would be somebody more in that position, but before the injury and even now with the injury, I mean, I fully expected Antoine Wesley to not only be on the roster week one, but to give get a good amount of reps, at least get mixed in there. Like, he's a big yeah, body. Yeah, yeah. He can get touchdowns. Sure. Like, I thought that he was going to be not an integral part of this offense, but a piece. A small piece, yeah. but still a piece. And especially after what we saw last year when he stepped in for Hopkins at the end of the year. I mean, dude had three touchdowns and over like the last four games, had two of them against uh, the Cowboys in that win. So, yeah, you can tell he's got some chemistry, too, with, with Kyler, and, and that's only going to grow. So I think he's going to – I mean, I didn't see him as a bubble player. I saw him as making the team for sure. Right, yeah. And, I mean, look, I, I know that we shared the sentiment on that. Some people haven't. I, I just – I read some more – it was more national media articles on just bubble players around camp, and, and Wesley made that list. And, you know, if you don't know Antoine Wesley, then I can understand why you would assume that with a, a room that is so talented. Um, but, you know, the question that everybody's asking, Tyler, and since you are boots on the ground, I mean, you know, Cardinals fans, just the NFL have been waiting on – how does Andy Isabella look out there? Oh, jeez. 
Well, I'm kidding. Uh, Apparently, he's been fast, though. Apparently, he's been good. Yeah. Well, hey, and I mean, today was our, today Friday was arguably his best day at camp. The dude had two touchdowns. Was was like you said, was speedy. And uh, yeah, a lot of people. Uh, I got a lot, got a lot of messages saying, "Why did you tweet that about Isabella?" And but. Hey, the dude had a good day. You got to tweet. You got to tweet what, what's good and what's bad out there. I mean, yeah, you you can't shy away from it. I mean, it's just at this point, is there anything that he can that he can do to like get get reps to get on the team? Because we we've all known that he's fast. Like that's never been a secret. That's not like oh my god, I mean, Andy even, Andy's about fast. <laughs> even wide receivers coach and associate head coach John Jefferson said it's a numbers thing with him. It's really just a numbers thing. I mean, maybe injuries could push that up. Yeah. But here's the thing that here's the thing everybody's got to remember too. Other teams are looking at stuff. Other teams are probably watching the state too. So if he starts playing well, if anything, maybe they can get that random late pick for him. Or well, or they gave him permission to seek a trade months ago, away. right? They gave him permission to seek a trade months ago, and just yeah. nothing has come of it. I mean, this is kind of a showcase. Then admit uh, this. This probably will be if he can get if they can get anything for him or not. Yeah, we all know that NFL scouts around the world are checking into at T Drake for sports to see who he's tweeting about tearing up Cardinals <laughs> okay, camp. Maybe, but, okay, preseason games. Let's no, I get, <laughs> Tyler, I get, I get what you're saying. But on that note, I do want to ask you because you know you do have valuable insight. I mean, you are there every single day, barring your uh, best man duties. Uh, I want to know yeah. from from your perspective. I mean, I, I mentioned Dorch, but obviously Isabella, you've had some tweets on who, who stood out to you. And I don't know, maybe focus a little bit more on defense because we haven't really touched that so far today. Yeah, I mean, really, man, that's yeah. I, I will say this, dude. My Jay Sanders looks like he could be the real deal. He's just got some speed, and the length is just just so solid, man. And then I gotta say, Dennis Gardet, you can tell he's not thinking about the knee anymore. So those two guys, those two, and and I think those guys are are looking like they're going to be pretty good buddies and are going to glean things off one another. So they uh, that kind of camaraderie might help a lot, especially in that outside linebacker room. But another guy that was, I mean, you got to talk about Dorch again, man. Like the dude scoring touchdowns like every single day, and if he's not, he's still picking up huge games. And then on top of that, he's he's still doing punt return duties, and I think he had like they had like the 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 punt game today where they, they hold all the balls. I love that one. I think he lost, he lost to Ronnie Rivers. I thought he caught six, but Ronnie said he had seven. He tweeted at me. So It's always good <laughs> so to have fact correctors out there for our journalists. You know, we always need yeah. to have a, somebody coming I mean, in and saying, no, seven. So you got to believe him. <laughs> that is true. I, I like a lot of those names. I, I have been hearing my Jay Sanders a lot. Like, not just Dennis, from Dennis you. Gardeck spoke volumes of them today spoke volumes of him today. And, and he said Cameron Thomas is just going to overpower people. I mean, so I, I haven't heard a lot about Cameron Thomas. It's really, it's it's kind of been all eyes on on, on Maje. Like, the the way that I've been hearing it, like, coming into camp, it seemed like they were a little bit higher on Cam Thomas than Maje, but Maje might have flipped that with, with these days on camp and just, I mean, you see videos of him out there doing these drills. I mean, he's athletic. Like, very well, and athletic. I, and I, and I gotta say one more name for you, and I don't know if you're gonna like it, but you know Isaiah Simmons. Man, I like it. I like no. I like look. Look, I like it. Look, hey, okay. I don't want to get anything twisted, and I, I know Isaiah Simmons doesn't listen to this, but if he does and he hates me, I want to set the record straight. Boy, am I rooting for Isaiah Simmons to be ridiculously good at the star backer position. I mean, 
I really want him to succeed in everything that he does. I just personally disagree with the philosophy. I don't know if that's as much on Simmons as it is with the defense. Like, I have no problem with Simmons being a name thrown out there that he's doing good. In fact, boy, do I welcome it. I want him to be like, oh my God. This guy can do everything. But at the same time, like that's what you've heard since he got drafted. So let's take a second and let's actually watch him do this this season before we go on and annoy him. Like I don't know who asked him the question. I hope it wasn't you, but what does he want to get paid as? As an edge? Oh, no, that was not me. Or as a safety? <laughs> I, I figured it wasn't you. I, I usually know when you ask. I could tell your voice from anywhere. Um, but <laughs> I, I was like, can we, like, can we slow down? Can we just take a second and we can acknowledge that the best case scenario for Isaiah Simmons would probably end up with him getting a big bag as a lot of people do, but I don't think we're there yet. You can hear these reports out of training camp all you want, but to me, I draw it as a comparison to when the season starts, no matter what sport, oh, so-and-so, Tyler, reports are saying they're in the best shape of their life. Oh, they came into camp, oh, best shape they've ever been in. That doesn't yeah. mean anything until I've seen you do it on the field. I'm sorry. In pads, yeah. Not even just yeah, not even just in pads because they're in pads now. I need to see you line up against somebody who's not wearing the same colors as your team. Yeah. Well, and, and here's okay, and and just going back to the outside linebackers, here's a name that everybody's got to keep an eye on too. Marcus Golden. I have not seen that dude out in the in. Yeah, just have not really? seen him out there, man. Yeah. I yeah. You know what? We had Marcus and, on and, Burns and, and Gambo. We talked to him. Exactly, you know. Yeah. He uh, he had uh, some tweets about undervalued, underpaid, underappreciated. Nope. I I think I'd like to say you know we drove this point into him. But Golden, you're you're pretty appreciated, junk. Like you're you're pretty appreciated all around the valley for what you do. But now that you mention it, I haven't heard his name once. Not even At oh, no. he's made this big play. Oh, and you know maybe that's just because with all of these questions, he's kind of somebody that I guess you don't have questions about, but. He was playing off of Chandler Jones last year, and you can feel however you want to feel about Chandler at this point or at how he played last season and comparatively for his career, but there's a downgrade in that position, at least as we know it right now, and is that going to affect him coming into this season? Is he going to be able to put up those numbers like he did last season? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, the Dennis Gardeck and and MyJ Sanders duo, I think, could, could... Could be a, a pretty good duo, man. I, I'd like to be honest. I, I hearing that from Gardeck, I don't think he would just blow smoke. I think the guy is actually onto something there. And, and if he wants to learn moves from MyJ Sanders, the rookie, that's got to say something. Yeah, like Dennis Gardeck, man, is one of the hardest workers on that team. And if he's picking up stuff from the rookie, that's pretty solid. But here's the thing, man. If Marcus Golden's at red and white tomorrow, I, I think that would alleviate a lot of. A lot of the uncertainty. Yeah. To be completely honest, on my side of it, seeing that guy out there would, would be a very good sight. Yeah, and, and you'd have to imagine. I mean, look, right now it's it's hard for me to be like, oh man, I'm totally worried about Marcus Golden again until I see him out there playing. And again, not just training camp, but I, I need to see what you're doing in the regular season. Not that we can't take anything away from the red and white game tomorrow and the red and white practice, but to me, like these big picture questions cannot be answered right now. They they simply can't. They can be addressed. You can be prepared for them, but they're not answered. And a big question that needs to be answered is the cornerback position. And not only do we think that, Tyler, not only does the media and the fans say, hey, what are you guys going to do at cornerback? Well, Cliff, 
Cliff had some words about that room. Yeah, a lot of grabbing, holding going on out there, and we, we don't want to get guys injured, and we want to play by the rules, particularly with the refs out here. I mean, we got to start tightening things up. You saw a bunch of flags, and we knew, as always, that's the case the first day that the um, NFL refs, they're working on their game too, but um, we got to clean up a lot of things. I, I think that's a position that where guys got to step up, um, really like some of the veterans we have at different positions on defense. Murphy's really come a long way. Marco, um, you know, we, we want him to step up and, and be an every down starter, but we'll see. I think the jury's still out, and uh, the rest of those young guys, somebody's got to step up and, and help us out. Oh, just a gut punch. I mean, yeah. look, this cornerback room was was one that. I mean, basically everybody has circled as one of the biggest questions on this team uh, coming into the season. And one of the only things holding that room even a little bit together was the idea of Marco Wilson emulating what he did at the beginning of last season. But for your coach to come out there and say, hey, we really want this guy to be an every down back, but he hasn't proven that to us yet. Cliff doesn't say that stuff often. Like, this is not Bruce Arians. This is not, uh, what is it, uh, on the process of becoming a failure, Bruce Arians. Like, this is Cliff Kingsbury, who more or less plays things close to the chest. We've seen his personality leak out a little bit more this year, but, like, you don't really hear him calling out guys like that. How important is that, and how much does that worry you, Tyler? I mean, it definitely was having that, like, one of the notebooks I wrote. That was just, that's a big thing. I mean, and here's the thing. It could have easily been, you know, a method of motivation. You know, hearing that, maybe that makes his ears perk up and want to get going. But to make matters worse, he hasn't been on the field with that growing issue. So it's just one of those things of, like, yeah, like you said, I mean, it was the duo of him and Byron were holding this cornerback room together, really. And then you've had Josh Jackson addition, and then you've got uh, Antonio Hamilton coming back. And we've got Christian Matthews, the rookie, who, I mean, we don't know if he, he can cut it yet. But Has has he uh, faced off against DeAndre Hopkins yet? <laughs> you know, I have to look at I, I, I have to look at that more. You know, I, I'm I... Sure they probably have lined up once or twice, but I, I could not tell you 100%. But the dude's wearing mitts to not have P.I. So <sighs> that uh, him not and a good Josh sign. Jackson, though, too. Josh Jackson is, too. There's a couple people that have got him on. But, yeah, man, I think that's – it's just – it, that's the thing is I think everybody thought that was pretty solidified that Marco was going to be that every down starter. And, and whether it's a motivation tool or not, it's, it's pretty concerning. It is. like It can't not be concerning when one of the positions you're the thinnest at, one of the two names, and you need way more than two to have a deep room and to have an impactful room. In today's NFL, 100%. Right. Like, you need to have minimum three solid guys that you feel like you can cycle in and play every single down. Even though three of them won't play every single down, you need to have minimum, like minimum, at least three that you could rotate. This team apparently doesn't even have two. Yeah. Not good. I just, we'll have to see. I mean, I'll be interested to see what Vance has to say. I'm sure that I will be talking about this for sure with Vance. So, Interested to see what he has to say, and interested to see what he thinks about Josh Jackson. Interested to see what he says about the rookie. So, yeah, I mean, there's a couple. Uh, the jury's still out on a couple guys. I mean, just like Cliff said on Marco. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those rooms where you needed you need everything to kind of go right, and it doesn't really sound like it's going right. You don't even need everything to go right because everything goes right, and like you're okay, like you're you're base level fine. You know, like Marco. And Byron, if they were your solid every down CBs, okay, then things are going okay. What they need to do is they need to sign somebody, Tyler, and maybe they can do that with this cap space that they freed up by 
doing basically the only good news story coming out of the Cardinals in the last week and a half, two weeks, and that was extending left tackle DJ Humphreys to a new deal. He is now the second first-round pick in the Arizona era to get his second contract after his rookie one with this team. The only other one is Larry Fitzgerald. He gets his money. He gets his bag, which is great for him. It's a longer-term deal. He's one of the highest-paid left tackles, but it does open up some space and some cap room in the right now. We'll get more into what the Humphreys extension means in just a couple minutes, but with this money that's freed up, is CB the number one target on your list, Tyler? Yeah, it has to be. Right now, it has to be. And I guess watching the what happens with the Wesley injury, I mean, maybe Aitman's the guy, but but uh, yeah, I mean, the cornerback's got to be the number one spot where where you've got to think Steve Kimes trying to figure something out with it. You've got you've got to think at this point. And where we're at right now, I mean, I don't really expect this money to be spent today because the reality of where the NFL is right now when it comes to free agent is all the guys not signed right now are guys who didn't get invited to camp or guys that are holding out vets, whatever. And you know, there are some good, there is some good talent in there, but when you get later into the season, maybe later into camp and guys start getting cut and whatnot, then there might yep. be some bigger names out there. And that might be when Steve Kime is eyeing this. And maybe we'll talk some more about options when it comes to that money later on. But I do want to talk about DJ Humphreys. Now to set the scene, I just want to give him the, the time to kind of speak what's on his mind. And here's what yep. he said about his journey, how he got to signing this contract and, what his big goal was in his career. It's definitely surreal. I think just, you know what I mean, thinking back over the whole thing, you know, if you had told me this in 2015, that first, you know what I mean, that first rookie minicamp that this was going to be the case eight years later, I probably would have laughed at you. I feel like, you know, keep all that optimism away from me, man. I'm, I'm going through hell right now. I'm not trying to hear that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But being on this side of it, man, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely sweet, man, being able to, you know, secure my future here and know that I'll be able to be here. As long as, as long as I can, I always wanted to play for one team. So knowing that I'm able to be in that position and continue to keep that dream alive is huge for me. Yeah, I mean, Hump, he wants to be a Cardinal. He wants to play here his whole career. So far, he's doing a pretty dang good job at doing that. What impressed you most about Humphreys was it him representing himself? Because he represented himself, got a team-friendly deal and a player-friendly deal. You don't see that happening often. No, no, and I think what stood out to me the most was just the fact of that, that the both sides, you know, really kind of seemed like they came together and made sure each side kind of got what they wanted at the end, and they really didn't, you know, gut the other side. And and that's what, uh, you know, Humphreys even said. It was classy the whole way through. Uh, and, yeah, him doing it himself. I mean, you know, we didn't get to ask if he got any, if, uh, he got any tips from DeAndre Hopkins because DeAndre Hopkins basically did that too, so – uh, that's a that's a question for another time. But yeah, I mean, awesome. I would say you know, for me personally, you got to think about it. Like Marcus Golden's that guy on the defense. You know, wants to be a Cardinal. Always will say he wants to be a Cardinal, and you got to think that that's DJ Humphreys. I know the whole stomach bug. You can call it what you want. Maybe it was a hold-in. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was great timing, like he said. But it was a dude. Day, he, come on, come on. I know. I know. I know. But hey, but hey, I mean, at the end of the day, he said he wanted to be a Cardinal. That was his goal. And he went from he went from a guy that got the nickname knee deep to getting a second contract extension. So that's a that's a heck of a story. Like, that's a heck of an NFL story right there. And and you know what? He's getting better every year. And, and you need you need linemen. And like and like what he said, 
left tackles don't grow on trees, baby. <laughs> hey, look, especially this year and going forward, I mean, Rodney Hudson was the only offensive line member under contract for the next season. And the reality is Rodney Hudson might not play next season. So here's the terms to the deal that keeps him and Arizona through the 2025 season. It's a three-year extension. Anchor of the line. Yeah, it's a it's a three year extension worth total of sixty six point eight million, thirty four million guaranteed, twenty one million of that going into his pockets in year one. Ian Rappaport was the first on that twenty fifteen NFL draft, twenty fourth overall pick. I mean, that is one of the better picks in Arizona Cardinals history. I mean, look, there was some times last season where people wanted more out of Humphreys and I think he still needs to go into this season and maybe prove that he can reach that level that he got to a couple years ago but like you said it's an incredible story for him and I want to put some trivia out there were you the one that wrote this article let me see no Kellen wrote this article okay trivia for you since the year 2000 only four offensive linemen for the Cardinals have reached 75 starts with Arizona who are the other three joining DJ Humphreys. Oh, man. You can't do that to me on the spot. It's hard. It's hard. I didn't know. Uh, hey, look. Okay, full disclosure. I'm not asking you this because I think you're going to know it because Kellen Olsen asked me this when he was writing this, and I didn't know. All right. Just give them to me. All right. I don't want to sound terrible. <laughs> Leonard Davis. Okay. Levi Brown. And Lyle okay, Sendlin. Okay, I, I would. I, okay, I'll be completely honest. I probably only would have got Brown. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that that was the one where I was like, oh, okay, when he said it. But I, I mean, I was, I was like, man, I I don't know. And and that just goes to show the rarity of the offensive line stability in here. And now this team has their quarterback locked up and the left tackle. Now there's still a lot of other questions on the offensive line, but a name that we didn't bring up earlier in the names that have kind of stood out that I've heard a lot about, especially from Justin Pugh, is Will Hernandez. Oh, dude, I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, the dude is a brawler. He gets, he gets in fights with J.J. Watt. He's bringing an edge to that line, man, for sure, for sure. Like, and, and I think that it's solidified. I would say he solidifies that line, that starting O-line for sure. For sure, man. He's the guy that's going to give that line a little bit more attitude like Sean Coogler wants. Yeah, I mean, I think bar none, he's the person I'd least like to fight on the team. Oh, yeah, the dude, like Kelvin Beacham Beacham said, the dude is a refrigerator. Yeah, and I just like eating out of the refrigerator, so that makes us different. Um, Uh, There is another guy, though, Sean Harlow, too, man. He's getting a lot of praise right now. Has he? and he, I mean, he's been filling in for Rodney Hudson because Rodney Hudson's rarely been used at, uh, for, for training camp. They want to be smart with them. So, Ooh, I'm getting Sean flashbacks is, flashbacks is, to last season with Rodney Hudson uh, not at center. Ooh, I didn't like that. I didn't like but, that. Uh, <laughs> but I would say Sean Harlow's impressing, and, and uh, you know, he's taking that, that next step, and, and he's getting valuable reps because with Rodney not there, I mean, he's really the guy that's getting the starter reps. So that's uh, that's going to be another name to watch, just, just the fact that uh, they – O-line, you need, you need depth at O-line, plain and simple. Just as you said, they had 14 different O-lines and start, or not start, but play last season. So, obviously, you're going to need guys to fill those roles. Hey, I'm really happy that you said that, though, because I, I haven't heard that. And he's somebody that nobody really thinks about right now. But when you're in week eight and Rodney Hudson has his lingering knee issue come back, like, that's a big deal. I mean... Like, you cannot bet on Rodney Hudson being healthy for this whole season. You would hope that he is, and you would hope that at least he's healthy come playoff time. But look, the reality is he's older, and part of the reason why he was maybe thinking about not coming back this year was his knee 
So having somebody like that be able to step into that role, that is a good sign, and I'm happy that you said that. Let's talk about some other breakout candidates on offense and on defense before we wrap this up. But first, I'll let Cliff say who he thinks could do that on offense. I think Zach Ertz, second year in the system, full season. I think Hollywood Brown playing in our system, and then I definitely Rondell. I mean, he's, he's kind of waited in the wings last year. He was frustrated at times last year with the way I used him, which he should have been, and I understood that. But he's going to get an opportunity to show what he can do. All right, let's start offense first. Agree or disagree with Sir Kingsbury? Uh, yeah, you got to agree with that. The fact that, uh, I mean, yeah, Zachert, second year, he already put up huge numbers in his first year with the team, and he didn't even get a full season. Hollywood Brown is going to be featured a lot more. Is going to be able to get the, I think, get separation more with this offense, just with the fact of other guys being involved. And then Rondell Moore, man, I'm telling you, I don't know how it's possible if the guy's faster. And uh, Sean Jefferson even said, I mean, he his his route tree is wide open. The offense is wide open for him. And and even though he might be the biggest whiner, he said in the wide receiver room for necessary reasons of just wanting to be involved because he feels like he can be that next that he just feels like he needs more. Uh, no pun intended, but uh, yeah, I mean, Rondell Moore could be, I think out of the three, I think Rondell Moore might have just a year where a lot of people are surprised. He's the name. He not only just, you know, with us, but like nationally, I mean, he's this guy that people are like, you better watch out because, you know, Cliff, went and said like hey I wasn't using him right and I think it's great when a coach can like admit that and he said you know it's just the personnel we had last year like we didn't put him in the spots that he needed to be put in and you can understand why he would be frustrated but also if you listen to Rondale speak he doesn't seem like a whiner to me I I think that might have been just kind of like a funny joke by Sean Jefferson because Rondale feels like he kind of has his head on straight maybe more than anybody on this team not that you know a lot of other people don't have their head on straight but you hear him talk I mean he's straight down to business and no and that's exactly what I was going to say next so you you beat me to it yeah the dude does not mess around he's straight to the point answers questions directly and just is ready like he's about his business I I would love for him to have this breakout season that I think I expect him to you expect him to I just I don't know what that looks like because I know he'll do better numbers than last year but without D-Hop in the first six weeks going on beyond that with a you know being used differently in a scheme that also involves you know the two other guys in that clip Zach Ertz Hollywood Brown a returning DeAndre Hopkins possibly Antoine Wesley and the king of them all, Andy Isabella, like, you know, what What are these numbers going to look like for Rondale Moore? Are they going to be like, oh, my God, he's putting up these crazy numbers? Or is it going to be more of, and this is pun intended, more of just these highlight plays that are going on, but you end the game and Rondale Moore has, you know, four targets, three catches for 52 yards? No, I think, the, I think he's going to get a volume, a big volume increase just across the board. Okay, well, I'm going to continue to put you on the spot, Tyler. What what numbers do you think he puts up? Oh, you can't go that far, man. I can, and I will, and I am. I wouldn't, okay, I would not be surprised if he is close to 1,000. From scrimmage or receiving? Receiving. I think he caught 1,000 from scrimmage. Ooh. I don't know if he gets 1,000 receiving. There's, no, there's no. too. I, I, I think, think there's too much love to go close. around on this team. Exactly. Yeah, but over the first six weeks, he can really put a good dent in that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he could, but also it's like even without Hop, like you still have Hollywood Brown, who will probably be the de facto number one, and Zach Ertz, who could also maybe be the number one. I mean, Ertz a lot of times last year 
was the security blanket for Kyler Murray. He was the, oh my God, Zach Ertz is wide open in the middle of the field. Let me just give it to him for a seven-yard reception. Like He could be that go-to guy. But look, I'm not bringing these up as like doubting Rondale Moore because, I I mean, I'm with you. I think he's going to have a good statistical season. I mean, I'm looking at more maybe 700 yards receiving. You know, I, I think that that could be a realistic goal for Rondale. Actually, I don't even know what he put up last season. Uh, I don't think it was close to 700, but I don't know if he hits 1,000. I don't know if anybody hits 1,000 yards receiving on this team because Hop is going to be out for six games. I think Hollywood is the biggest threat to that. But again, there's a lot of weapons on this, and this team is also also pointing towards possibly shifting into more of a ground and pound offense at certain times with the double tight end sets, you know, with these running backs that have also been looking good. I know that you've loved what you've seen out of Eno, and Eno's one of those guys that's going to be a power back for them. I mean, they've got a lot of weapons, you know, running as well. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of these yards to go around to get Rondale to a 1,000, but I don't think that's going to be his fault. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, I think the love is going to get spread around, but and, and I think the biggest I think if anybody's going to be close to doing it, they're going to have to really step up in these first six games without Hopkins. Because once Hopkins comes back, the whole the whole offense is going to change. All right, let's jump over to defense and then let's wrap this up because I'm sure while we've been talking that something else has happened, even though I've been keeping an eye on my phone the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I am sure. All right, defense, breakout candidates. I want to go one player each. Not a big name. Who's getting the Tyler Drake breakout candidate stamp of approval on defense? I would have to, I mean, I got to say my Jay Sanders, man. All right. I I talked about him too much. I talked about him too much to not have him in that category. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he, he is looking like if the things that he can do in drills translate to the field yeah he might be one of those day one impact guys yep but me personally i don't know if i'm ready to put the eric ruby breakout stamp of approval on my jay sanders just because it's so hard for me to trust this team and what they say about rookies even if they look good i I mean i just don't know if he's even going to be used in the right way so i i'm not sure if i'm ready to put that stamp on it just yet just yet but my preseason stamp of approval for defense Look, my boring answer is Jalen Thompson, but I'm not going to do that because we all know that oh, he's good. I didn't know we could go that way. No, that's, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. That. I'm not doing that. That's not it. That's my. This guy's too good. Too good this year to get the breakout stamp of approval. He could have gotten it last year. It's Dennis Gardak. It's uh, the barbarian. Oh, I think. Okay. I, like I, I think that. You know, my Jay is great, and I think my Jay has a higher ceiling than Dennis Gardeck. But if I'm going to pick one person to go out there every single game and make an impact and make his name heard and make the opposing broadcasters go, Dennis Gardeck making his presence known here in Arizona, like, it, I think it's going to be the barbarian. I mean, like you said, the yeah, knee doesn't like look that. like it's it's going to be bothering him. And I mean, what is he the Will Hernandez of defense where he's just got that dog in him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, and and here's the thing. And if and and if either of those two are the breakouts, that off the outside linebacker room is uh, might look a little better than everybody thinks. 
All right, there we go. Our two stamp of approval breakout players on defense. Tyler going with my Jay Sanders, myself going with Dennis Gardeck. Now, is there any other notes from camp that you want people to keep their eye on? Any, you know, bubble players, anything that you've seen that you feel like maybe hasn't been covered as much? Anybody who's made it to the end of this podcast, they deserve a little bit of Tyler Drake gold. Again, I'm putting you on the spot. Let's uh, let's say I think let's keep an eye on Victor Bolden Jr. Okay, he's uh, he's 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 flashed a little bit, and I think that wide receiver room at the in the back end, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a really tight competition between quite a few of those guys. So uh, definitely keep an eye on him and and see where Aitman's how Aitman you know gets into the offense and uh, yeah, you know, I would just say keep watching Sanders and keep watching the outside linebackers and. Keep watching the cornerbacks. Funny but, enough uh, about about Aitman is that Antoine Wesley's draft profile, his NFL comparison, Marcel Aitman. Wild. So wild. what goes around, it comes around, and we have come to the end of this episode of Cardinals Corner. Shout out to Tyler Drake at T Drake for Sports for calling in after a busy day of covering training camp. If you want everything Cardinals related, please, I'm begging you. I'm literally on my knees right now begging you to follow at T Drake for Sports. Go to ArizonaSports.com. Read his Cardinals notebooks from training camp. A lot of good stuff in there. A lot. Please follow this man as we go into red and white practice tomorrow. You can follow me at EricRuby987. You can follow the show at AZ Cards Corner. Again, ArizonaSports.com for all your Cardinals coverage need and of course coverage of all the other major Arizona sports as well so until next time do not criminally speed do not raise your hand at a woman and again enjoy football hopefully we can just talk about football next time but until then we'll see you guys next week